back to the Jambase podcast. I'm Andy Kahn, and Jambase is a partner of Osiris Media, the podcast network for music. On this episode, you'll hear my interview with Chris Boss and Alex Stiff, who make up two-thirds of the record company. The trio that also includes Mark Cazorla recently released their third full-length album, Play Loud, which is out now on Concord Records. We'll hear that interview in just a moment, but first I want to send some healing thoughts to Mo guitarist Chuck Garvey, who's unfortunately recovering from a recent stroke. Garvey was hospitalized after showing symptoms at his home on Saturday morning. The news was announced by the band in a statement that notes that Garvey, who co-founded the band in 1990, is thankfully in stable condition. Mo's next concerts are slated to take place at the Holidays Destination event in Mexico early next month. The band's statement did not include any details of the status of their upcoming shows. Both Pigeons Playing Ping Pong and Dopapod sent musical healing vibes Chuck's way by covering Mo at their respective concerts that followed news of Chuck's situation. Here's hoping Chuck, who's been on the Jam Bass podcast a couple of times, has a full and speedy recovery and is back to jamming with Mo soon. I also want to address the tragic events that took place last week at the Astroland Festival in Houston, when at least eight people, ranging in age from 14 to 27, were killed during a chaotic performance by headliner Travis Scott. Hundreds of others were injured when the crowd of 50,000 people surged forward at the start of Scott's performance, which saw a surprise appearance by Drake. Many of those remain hospitalized, several of which are in critical condition. Investigations are underway and several lawsuits have already been filed. Based on the harrowing first-hand accounts, which should have been a fun time going to see live music, turned into a frightening and heartbreakingly sad experience. All of us at Jambase have those affected by the tragic events at Astroworld in our thoughts. All right, how about some good news from the music world? Guitarist Billy Strings, who's also been on the podcast a couple of times, used a rare day off from tour to visit Twin Rivers Elementary School, the public school in Muir, Michigan he attended as a child. Billy went back to his old school to donate over 200 guitars to Twin River students. There's some great video of Billy personally handing out the acoustic guitars to the youngsters. Billy also took his bandmates and road crew down to hang out at the spot that inspired his song, Meet Me at the Creek. It was an absolutely amazingly generous and kind gesture by Billy to share the gift of music with those kids. Very, very cool, Billy. Bravo. Let's hope those kids and their guitars become fast friends. Like I said, definitely check out Billy Strings' social media for some scenes from the special day in Michigan. Now let's keep rolling with some more good news in music and my interview with the record company's Chris Voss and Alex Stiff. We talked over a video call during their tour stop in Philadelphia about their fun new album, Play Loud, which as you'll hear in the interview, saw the trio working with an outside producer for the first time. It was not just any producer either. They enlisted Dave Sardi to help him with the project. If you're not familiar with Dave, his many producing credits include LCD Sound System, Band of Horses, Modest Mouse, Wolf Mother, Jet, and Oasis among a whole bunch of others. Chris and Alex talked about the decision to change up their previous insular approach to writing and recording by bringing Sardi in, as well as for the first time working with outside songwriters. That resulted in Play Loud expanding the band's sound into a new sonic territory. Chris and Alex discussed what it was like to try new things and being open to exploring new ideas the outside collaborators brought to the album. We also talked about bringing the new songs into the live setting, how the band constructs a setlist from night to night on tour, adding covers to their repertoire, and much more. So let's listen to a bit of the track Paradise off the record company's new album Play Loud to take us into my interview with Chris Voss and Alex Stiff. Getting so close, oh, 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 oh. 
Chris and Alex from the record company. They've got an excellent new album called Play Out Loud out right now. Um, it's, a, it's a fun, dynamic new record. Um, it's one of those that I hear something new and interesting each time I listen to it. So I really think it's a, it's a fantastic new album, guys. Uh, it, it, it really, it, it's, it's fun, like I said. Um, you, you guys are on tour right now, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so where, where actually are you right now? We are at the TLA in Philadelphia, and uh, oh, very, it's very actually cool. it's my hometown, so it's kind of a oh, hometown. Yeah, awesome, cool, cool. Yeah, uh, so, so how's tour going, guys? Uh, it's awesome. I mean, we this we have five guys on stage instead of just three of us, so that's been cool. Like we have we all play a bunch of different instruments on stage. Like Alex will slip, switch between the bass and the guitar, and then we got another guy up there named Johnny Elkins, uh, who's like kind of like a kind of a Mick Taylor-y kind of vibe, you know, like okay. the, just got that like swagger and he, he swag. Played, yeah. Yeah. He plays the right notes at the right time and, and no more, no less. And, and just a really good bass player too. And then Wesley flowers uh, is from Atlanta, Georgia on the keys. And he's just got a good voice and kind of rounds out those harmonies. And it's been fun to like, uh, put, you know, the three of us always did it on our own. So it's been fun to like expand and, shrink the roles and, and, and find new places. And even in the older tunes, we've been switching the set every night. Um, so that's been really a new change for us, which we really dig and like taking songs on in a different way. Um, it's been fun. Uh, Chris, you, you, you jumped on two of my questions I was going to ask. I was going to ask who, who are the extra guys on stage with you? So we got that cleared uh, and, uh, I was gonna, uh, um, I was going to ask about set lists. Um, I've noticed you are, you're, you're switching up set lists quite a bit. Um, can, can you give me a quick rundown on how you guys are doing that each night? How do you come up with a set list? We, we, we sometimes do this uh, segment on the podcast called the art of the set list. We've gotten away from it a little bit, but I, I thought maybe we could dig into it just for a minute here. I love it. Go ahead, Al. You're, this is your world. Right. It's, it's, it's sort of either Chris or me, whoever sort of, gets inspired first. We'll okay. text that list out like, Hey, what do you think? What do you think about doing this tonight or starting with this song tonight or ending with this song tonight? Um, you know, we're three albums in plus a rarities discs and lots of covers and all that. And you get to a place mm -hmm. where you want to start playing a lot more material each night, you know, okay. versus just kind of like, Oh, well, we know this set works. We know this will, this is a good sell. Um, we just want to, <laughs> you know, the COVID tour is interesting. We've got a closed backstage. We're masking up everywhere and uh, we want to be able to stay on the road and stay healthy. So we're just kind of dumping all of the energy back into the music every night. And it's been really fun. Um, just like, it's cool like to play a song where you know you're not going to play it for a, a week or two. And uh, just, it gets people excited. We post the set list after each show and that's been like really fun to see fans and people, you know, agree with the list, not disagree with the list, wish something got played, you know, but it keeps it really interesting for us. So we're, it's been really fun in that regard to, to mix it up each night. And have you ever brought extra musicians on a tour like this before? Um, well, Johnny's been with us for a few years and he was okay. kind of guitar tacking with us and we had certain songs, maybe three or four songs where we'd say, you know, we really need Johnny to 
to kind of play a guitar behind Chris's harmonica or just whatever the circumstance sure. was. So he's, um, he's been a familiar face on the stage for a few years. Um, and our last show actually before COVID hit was actually at the TLA for new years, um, back in uh. 2019. And, you know, Johnny was part of the stage then. So it's sort of just been an evolving thing. And, um, yeah, so now we've got a fifth guy, but Johnny's definitely been around and uh, gotcha. been up there with us for a few years. So that makes being back at the TLA all the, all the more special then, huh? Yeah, it, it is. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. And, 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 we had and as far as flowing and, uh, you know, Pierre Robert from WMMR was up here with us and full <laughs> on party. And, this and time not happening this time. Different. Yeah. Yeah. And how are you fitting the new songs into the set list? Are you finding that they, they mesh well in the live setting? Yeah, they're going really well because we kind of are, um, you know, the, the, the new songs, we, we just, we've just cradled the idea that, you know, we're on our tent. We just, I think we just celebrated our 10 year anniversary as a band. I don't know if we did it for that. Unless it hasn't occurred yet. That way we can pretend to celebrate. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's like an animal. We're just so busy out here. I forgot, but yeah, we just crossed our 10 year threshold because uh, we started in 2011 in October in the twenties, somewhere in there, like the 24th, 25th, 26th. So we're probably right around that time uh, and, uh, or have passed it. And, you know, we just, uh, it's a coin uh like what our drummer mark or alex who produced our first two records it's like you just get uh there was just a point where it was either find some new moves or you feel like you're just walking pacing back and forth over the same ground it's like we mm -hmm. when we made this record dave sardi the guy who produced it who's done like lcd sound system and all these crazy records he just like had such a vast knowledge of sound and 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 he cared so much about songs that we were like, it, it was just do what you want to do. Like we've been listening to all these bands like Krongan and Tame Impala and all this stuff. Like Alex will give you, he was doing the fish. Uh, what were you doing every, like uh, every Wednesday night, he'd bring his TV outside and he'd stream the fish show. Wasn't it the fish show you'd stream every uh, fish Tuesdays, grateful oh, yeah, Fridays and dead. Dinner in a movie. There you, yes, and, you know, there you go. And other acts, but oh yeah, I had the TV out. I, set up a guitar. I call it the jam station. You know, I got my beers and I played a ton of guitar as a result <laughs> for the pandemic. It was nice. Nice. My own so I made Alex come up with all these great riffs. I'm talking over you, but I actually, my signal went haywire. So if I interrupted my apologies. Um, all good. All good. Yeah. It's, it's the zoom world we live in these days, guys. It's all good. Uh, so you mentioned Dave Sardi. We, I, I definitely wanted to talk about him. Um, how how did that idea, before we talk about him specifically, how did the idea to go beyond the three of you? I think in the past you, you've kind of had an insular approach. When did it kind of, you mentioned, you know, you wanted to tread new ground. When did that idea start to, to formulate between you guys? I mean, for me personally, you know, we made the first two records at my house, like with very basic uh -huh. And then I kind of became like the de facto engineer, producer, mixer, liaison to the record label, like the guy who uploads the files, all that kind of stuff. And this time around, I personally really volunteered to, to take myself out of that role. Okay. I felt like this was the time to bring somebody in. And um, that was kind of the beginning of, you know, the, the discussion of where we wanted to take this whole thing. But, mm -hmm. you know, when you talk about, getting a producer. I think the biggest worry in your own feelings and possibly 
the listeners' feelings is, oh, are they now going to like Walmart their sound or like, you know, yeah. make it really just accessible and perfect sounding? And you know, we met a few producers and uh, we got this vibe from Dave Sari that we just didn't know what to expect. We just knew it was mm-hmm. going to be dangerous, and we just we knew something special was going to happen, yeah. but it definitely wasn't going to be that moment of like. Oh, the drums sound extra buttery, you know, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's not what we were looking for um, at all. It was really just like to bring a new mind into the group and take the sound to a, an unpredictable place, I'd say. Chris, what did you think when Alex sort of mentioned that he might not want to produce the record or might want to have someone else produce the new record? I was excited because, you know, we were demoing already. We had a demo of this record or most of the record. That's basically the same sounding record as with some exceptions as our give it back to you first record, you know? So okay. we, we knew, you know, uh, it, when we study the bands we love, you know, it's like, if you go like the stones, you know, stones, flowers, stones, 12 by five, doesn't sound like let it bleed. doesn't sound like goat's head soup. Even if like you go by like more say in the jam base, like communities, like beloved dead, you know, the dead's first couple records with pig pen, nothing like the stuff they did in the no seven, you know, it's like, no doubt. So you gotta, um, and that's another thing we, 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 we pride ourselves in really being a, a band that, re- I mean, every band is a song band, but, we really, we know that that's the best thing we can come to the table with. Like, you know, um, as far as like, is to come in with, with the best songs that we can, you know, and, 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 uh, bring those, uh, find those songs. So it was about new songs, new sounds, and like trying new things and really getting excited again. And, and, uh, when the pandemic hit it, it just made, it just opened it up way wider. Like we got way crazier because we're stuck in our little, worlds and the only exciting thing we had to do with our time was either write the music or go to the studio and work on it and that was a pretty amazing thing because there was no outside distraction which has been one of the few things that's been a plus plus with this nightmare that we're all living through and Mm -hmm. is that it made it like al said earlier and even with this tour there's no distraction from the music because it's clearly the only thing you can do like yeah we're out here uh, touring together with eight, nine people. And it's like, the only thing we can do every night is sit on that, that bus together and talk about the tunes. And that's how we wrote the record too. So that really made a, a it was a powerful little moment, you know, that way, because uh, it was the only life preserver we had. You know, there was no live show. There was nothing. So. That that's, that sounds like a, a good sort of environment for creating music. I, I wanted to ask, so you had the demos that you mentioned, you sort of have this demo version of the album. Was that done before you had decided to bring in Dave or an outside producer? Or did you know all along that you were going to do the demo first and then kind of bring in somebody else to to change it up? I think we're always in the habit of demoing songs. Um, you know, okay. the nature of how we write and record is kind of, you know, in the past, it would if we had a song that we felt was written, we would record the whole thing would be recorded in one afternoon. You know, if we're, if we're putting on background vocals and hand claps, like that means that we did one or two takes of the bed live. And we're like, I like this, this has vibe. And then you start adding a couple little layers on top of it. And then it would be kind of be done. So we've always um, been in that habit of just hitting the record button 
And um, so that process didn't change. Um, what did change was just for one, the, the sort of outside players wanted to be able to hear some, some songs mm-hmm. before tossing money at a <laughs> yeah. high level producer. So there was a, a reason for that there, you know, but um, it's sure. also just a part of our process. Sometimes if you hear it back, you can know if it's cool or not versus just like having it all up in your head or just all just on a, an acoustic in your phone. Like you can, you can sort of gauge what, right. what's working and what isn't. So the demos were, were, were made just because it's sort of what we normally would have done. And they definitely helped steer, um, a lot for us, a, a lot in terms of when we did start working with Dave Sardi, he had those, he even liked some of them so much. He was wondering whether we should keep some of the demos. Uh-huh. And I said, I was like, you know what? No, for me, I want to be out of my house and make every sound completely new. Cause I, I already so you know. Did scrap everything from those demos. Yeah. 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 So I mean, it started from scratch. Sense. They exist and there's, there's some pretty good ones, you know, but yeah, yeah, we wanted to really go, no, like you're the guy in charge now and uh, let's, let's have a go at it, you know, from a totally different perspective. So save that version for the 10th anniversary deluxe edition whenever that comes out. Right. (laughs) So you guys mentioned, um, you know, who Dave had worked with prior and also wanting to avoid kind of having a, a, a generic sound come out of working with him. But was there something about Dave that you, um, and also you knew that it would be dangerous working with him, but was there something sort of specific that you hoped he would bring to the, those songs? Was there something specific about Dave that you knew would be good for these songs in this project? He just was the right guy from the first second. Oh yeah. Okay. You know, it was just like, we, we trust our gut in this band. We've basically made our whole career on our gut, you know, and, uh, Mm -hmm. the three of us, when all three of us just look at each other and go, Whoa, you know, there was no, uh, and just to to be clear, there was never any worry once we got in Sardi's presence that we were going to have an album that was anything other than better than what we could do on our own. You know I mean? That was, yeah, yeah. That was the immediate feeling. It's like, this guy has got the goods. He's got an attitude. He knew how <clears throat> great producer to my mind. I always thought would be somebody that, you know, kind of steered you and did this thing, but having then intimately worked with this guy who's done so many records, uh, what this experience was like at least was he knew when to push you, when to pull, when to cradle you, when to destroy your ego, when to build it back up, when to light you on fire, when to, poke at you till you lost your like there's one song on this album called out of my head that he poked at me so hard like there'd be a couple songs like i'd sing the first take he's like great one more take we got it all right mm-hmm. great like i think the song lady lila on the album was like a two take or one or two takes you know and there's a song i got on my head where i was like it's like you read about those old things where it's like elvis hit you know hound dog and take 17 and they did 57 yeah. takes you know and it's like uh I was like a take 25 last day of recording and like just the song needed this energy that I was not able to muster on my own at that time. And in the past it would have been Alex and me going like Alex would have been like, well, you know, it's okay. Let's see if you can beat it tomorrow or whatever. But there was no tomorrow. There was, uh, there, there was, it would had to be done that day. So he started poking at me. He's like, I don't believe you. 
No, and I'm a pretty mellow guy, but I, I am. I grew up on a farm. I'm a country guy and in and, and, <laughs> and a city guy in my life. Like I live in the city. I've lived in the city since I was 18. But he knew how to poke at me and poke at me. And he made me just it wasn't like anger at anybody. I just got so frustrated that I couldn't get it. Take my jacket off. I spike it on the ground. I'm like, God damn it. Roll it again. And he rolled it. And I like lost it. Like just was like, OK, I'm just going to blow everything out. And um. And then he gets to, the take gets done and Alex Marker, like giving him the thumbs up. And then Dave goes, all right, all right. Now we're talking. Do it again. You do it again. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> like, you son of a, but it's like, and then you hear the playback and I'm like, when I listen to that song, I'm like, that song needed that energy. And I, I didn't have it that day. And he found, he figured out how to help me find it. And that, that was big part of it. is one that's collectively one of our favorite songs al maybe you can talk about this because you went and found the chords like we had chords and a lyric we really believed in but we thought the chords were a little as they say stock you know uh-huh. so uh-huh. we didn't feel like we had it so one afternoon go ahead al i'll hand the baton to you right there well he sort of we had maybe like 17 to 20 songs and he picked 12 that he thought stood out and this one song live as one wasn't on there and uh, he had a way of of sort of challenging you. Um, I said, what about this song? You know, I got, I think it's a good hook or whatever. And he's like, well, you know, maybe we got to rework it a little bit or something. He's like, but show, tell me up, show, show me I'm wrong. You know? So I went yeah. home the next day and I have my little like beat catalogs and voice memos. And I'm like, is there a totally different approach to this song? We're not thinking of. And I was able to kind of uh, find this type of groove that I had that didn't get used for something. And, um, I was like, what if I try singing live as one on this and just sort of like instantly worked. And when he brought it in the next day, uh, it was one that was clear to Dave, like, oh, okay, yeah, this is, now it works. you know, yeah. but it, um, it was that, you know, show me I'm wrong, you know? And I, I like that. I like that phrase that he, yeah, you know, he doesn't uh, just say, no, this, this isn't good. He just says, well, prove me that I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe I'm not seeing it. And, uh, it was worth it on that song. It sounds like his influence in a lot of ways was challenging you guys just to, 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 to do more, to go beyond what you would maybe, maybe have done normally. Is that accurate? Absolutely. You know, um, 100%. as I was saying, I mean, 
we'd, we'd call a song, we'd call it a day after one afternoon, you know, if we're putting yeah. the tambourines on to us, it was sort of, you know, and that was a lot of the, the, the first two records, the vibe was that like catch it on the fly, that sort of heat of the moment, organic thing, you know, and, um, this record, we, you know, we still have that spirit. We're still in the room playing live together on all these tracks, but mm -hmm. it was just taking the sound, the evolving, the, the, the bigness, making it all on a bigger level than we would have been able to do, at, at, you know, just at, our, at my house. <laughs> was there ever a time during the process where you worried that you were getting too far away, that you were evolving too much too fast? Hmm. I don't think so. He, 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 that's Dave, you know, Dave, Dave helped rein that in and us, you know, in the end, uh, yeah. You know, there was a lot of things that Dave came up with where we're like, uh, uh, no, 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 no. And, and he would be, instead of him being like, uh, Oh, Hey, you know, you know who I am. He'd be like, all right, well, if he really believed it, he'd be like, this is why this is important. I think, but in uh -huh. the end he would always say, and this was the big lesson taken away. It's like, he's like, this is your album. It's yours. Yeah. It's your names on it. Yeah. You, gotta, you gotta, you gotta believe in every note. And I really, that was another thing you said that hit me. So it was like, if we did something that was a little out of the box, I'm like, I don't know who's going to get it. And that reflected kind of like where we were at when we started the band. We didn't start this band with any monster intentions. You know, it, it was like, we loved it. We were kind of at the end of our ropes in our careers as like, we hadn't found our band yet, you know, yeah. that was really working. And, and we just did what we loved. And that's kind of how this felt. It was like all these crazy influences, like we're sitting around and listening to, you know, you know, Alex is go deep on like all this crazy music and sends it over to me. And I love it, you know, like Aphex mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And it's like bringing some elements of those, like the keyboard swirling in there and the synthiness or like, you know, big Genesis fans and just getting to get like some, some synth sounds going you know, that, that mm -hmm. the core is going to stay the same, but you, you expand on it. You know, it's like, I always look at it as if you have a singer, a singer's voice, it can be, if you've got a singer, you can, that you can use that as an anchor point and the melodies based off of that are your anchor point. And then you can blossom out in every direction. And you still got mm -hmm. that voice or those couple of voices. It's like if Garcia is singing on, on a rec, on a record, I'm not comparing myself to these guys. I'm just saying when you have a singer that's got a, a voice, you can Familiarity. tell. Familiarity, yeah. Yeah, and you can expand and grow, and that voice kind of becomes the anchor point, and people yeah. can decide whether or not you like that in the picture of the painting, because there are going to be people that like record one better, better than record three, and then there are going to be a lot of people that like record three and don't even know record one exists. You know, that's, <laughs> that's all out of your hands as a band. And There's when a, you get... Sorry, go on. Right. I was just going to say, you know, when you ask, it's a good question about taking it too far. You know, yes. there was definitely a feeling of risk taking on this. And, you know, I had watched this documentary on um, U2's uh, Act Young Baby, like the making of, and he just said some really interesting things is that their whole process was to scrap everything, all their success, all their songwriting and their prior thing and literally rebuild from the absolute bare bones and scratch and you notice those records that they made you too you know from joshua tree to they made a blues record rattle and hum after that yeah. and then they basically cemented themselves on axon baby as like 
a band that was not going to be an 80s forgotten band. Like there's hits right. all over that. But he basically said like, if, you know, if you're not losing sleep the night before your song or your album comes out, you probably didn't take enough risks. And, you know, that really stuck with me. And, you know, there's moments where I would say never leave you, where there's some keyboards going on. And I just freaking like the way they sounded. And like, you could say, oh, well, our audience is used to hearing slide guitar and this isn't that. And, you know, it became more about like, fuck it. Like, I like how this sounds. I like the groove. And if some people don't want to jump in the water with us, that might happen. But, you know, we can't keep making the same record over and over again, you know? So I love the fuck it approach, man. That's, you know, that's a, that's a good way to go through life. I find most of the time. When you also collaborated with some outside songwriters on this record, right? It, was that the the something that you had done before? No, no, very resistant to it. And what we found the best analogy I've been able to make with it is, um, it's like if you're sitting around with your buddies or, or your group of friends, and you're you've you've had these conversations. You fit. You know all the music together. You know everything. And you've had these conversations and one evening you're hanging out, party, bar, gathering, and uh, somebody brings a friend in a conversation with similar interests and knowledge, but a completely different life path. And they come in with a different perspective mm -hmm. and it changes the entire conversation of this well-worn group. All of a sudden becomes this really fast infield, you know, where it's just like, <laughs> and that's what happens when you, uh, you, you collaborate with somebody that really speaks to your heart. It's like you basically are inviting another person to have that musical conversation with you. And what we found is that if the person, it was just like a producer. It's like the person's intention was to get, it's not like somebody was coming in and going, here's your song right here. There you yeah. go. We want mm -hmm. this percentage. It was like, what, you know, they're, we're showing them what we got. They might say, you ever thought of this lyric? And all of a sudden, bam, another whole direction goes or, you know, maybe we start from the ground up or, you know, Dave and I, us did that more than anybody, but, um, uh, and Sam and, uh, or, uh, those guys with on how high that was a, an afternoon that was just like, we came out of there. We didn't have the music, right. But we had melodies and lyrics we really liked and we took them and worked them, you know, and it was like in a band, I think it's like, it gets, uh, I had, I won't put words in anybody else's mouth, but this is what our, I got my perspective a little deepened by the process. It was like, I always thought I'm in a band. The idea has got to come from my band. It has to be my band, my band, 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 band. Mm -hmm. Well, what if, you know, now I wouldn't have had a problem though, if we were all jamming and one of our buddies walked in with an acoustic 
and we wrote a song and be like, well, this is a great song. Let's use it. I wouldn't have had a problem with that. So the only difference was the idea that, hey, this person's sat with a band before. And it's like it was really easy uh, to know pretty quick. It's like we've had we had sessions that had good stuff come out of it that just flat out didn't make the record. We're great people, good friends now, you know, but and then we had stuff that are cornerstones of this album, you know. Yeah. And the way we became close with Dave is the first thing we did was work on a song together. And that was how we broke. It's like when, when you do something that intimate, uh, you trust that person. And so that was a nice way to walk into him producing us. It's like he gets us on a cellular level, like on a, a like on the down to the nucleus of who we are. He turns our switches on. That's a good guy to have in the studio with you or writing with someone like Shun, who's like coming from an, entirely different background you know yeah. we've never written with a woman before that was a whole beautiful experience you know she brought perspective to the lyric and to the idea that we did, didn't have in our in our life journey you know so it, it was really cool you know so were those people in the studio with you to help work on the songs as you were recording them or how how did that process actually play out it's really like it's presented to you as Hey, you know, we know this, like this woman, Shun, she mm-hmm. wrote a few songs with us. And um, it's kind of presented as like, you might be hesitant to the idea, but she's really great with lyrics. And if you spend a couple hours with her, maybe you get a song or maybe you don't. And you, you say hello uh-huh. and it doesn't work out. And we would just meet at my house uh, just the way we would always meet at my house at 1 p.m. And mm-hmm. I would come in with, say, like an idea like... Um, for like a, a musical part and a few, few opening lines and maybe a hook. And the three of us might spin that hook around for three weeks straight and like bat our heads to the ground, but, or get tired after an hour and go, uh, let's just try it tomorrow, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but ha- so having this extra person in the room, who's really all she thinks about is lyric writing. She's yeah. able to kind of get our asses into shape much faster. And by narrow that half, focus yeah. hours, we've got a, a phone demo of verses and a chorus of a song because she was just able to help kind of be there inspire but all kind of we're all in there throwing ideas together and uh it was just like a great process like i could see working with her for a very long time you know um yeah 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 uh, I actually, uh, if, if you guys are, this is a great opportunity to put into play what we we're just talking about. Normally, I would stick with you guys to the end, but I got another interview here at three. I got to do. I'm going to jump, but I, why don't you stick with Al? Because Alex has got. If you guys got anything more to hit on, I really would love. You, you're asking such great questions. I'd love you to flush it all out if you're cool with it. I don't mind. Yeah, that. for sure. I don't mind that people see this. a few more minutes, so if, if you have yeah, anything. Like, yeah, man, I got a couple more to finish up, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, really we'll keep rolling. He's got, like, such a vast knowledge of, of the whole world, and, and, like, he really brought me into the dead and the fish and all that stuff was Alex. I was more of the blues and punk guy. So, you know, well, I got to say, you guys first came into my radar when you guys did Songs of Our Own for Jam Bass. Uh, yeah. God, six years, six years ago oh, yeah. now. That's been... Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was so rad. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's been fun to watch you guys grow from then. Yeah, it's been oh, it's man. been awesome, awesome to see you guys, your success. Well, I'm and, not yeah. saying goodbye, but I got to unfortunately go do the 
Another thing. But All right. I appreciate I, I appreciate you being prompt for another journalist. <laughs> yeah, man, of course. And uh, I'm going to see if I can leave without ending your thing here. So I'm going to just All get right, cool, man. Hey, thanks to the jam based community and you guys. Thanks, enjoy Chris. The rest of the conversation uh, with Alex. All right, All right, man. I appreciate your time today. Thanks, bud. I've been chipping them rocks from dawn to doom. My right, I got the bottle in the other room. To say some quit falling that chat. You work five years, you're gonna bust your bag. Yes, I will. Easy well, crawl to buy you today. There's a whole lot of women in red in our street today. You know, Alex, I did want to ask you when we were talking before about working with Dave. Um, what did you did? Did you pick up anything having been the the, the producer of the past? You know, having that hat, uh, filling that role for the band. Did you pick up new ideas as uh, that you can incorporate in the future as, as a producer if you were to to do that role again? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, that's why I was so excited to to have a, an outside producer why I want, I wanted to learn. Uh, and like, you know, in the past, I'm like, I've got this headphone cable that only goes so far and I'm hitting play or hitting record, trying to go in the hallway <laughs> with half of an earphone on just to see the other guys. Like there, uh, there's so much involved with kind of doing it all. So I learned a lot from Dave. I mean, you know, that we did a series called the side projects, which was some covers. And we actually have a whole bunch more, but it was after the album got made and we were just like, let's, let's do something. And all those songs I produced, um, that we, we put out last spring or whatever, but mm-hmm. you can hear a clear influence of working with, uh, on the record with Dave and then me kind of doing back in my home studio, you know, taking Chris's voice and adding crazy music to it. Um, mm-hmm. there was definitely a lot of influence there. Um, but yeah, I was one thing that inspires me about him is, you know, he's got this house that's in the Hollywood Hills gear everywhere, but, but he's never afraid to just go, let's grab this piece of gear out of the attic and uh, hook it up. And it's like, it's just like, don't just rely. He wants to make something different every time too. He's not trying to make the same thing. Everything's fair game. So yeah, he, yeah. So his game is is up so much that inspires you to go. All right, no one in this room's being lazy. Like we're grabbing this piece of gear out of the attic just to see what it sounds like. And you know, um, that to me was just like and I, this thought of just let's always be pushing the boundaries. Always be. You know, we recorded stuff on this '80s boombox that had like a little tiny mic in it, and yeah. like when you record acoustic guitar into it, it, it gives you this like naturally distorted sound and just a lot of like weird little tricks that he had that I was in there. I, I kept a journal too. I was trying oh, yeah. to like pick up on any move I could. Uh, so it was a real learning experience. You know, I mean, this guy, this, this guy's made over 200, 200 records. You know, I've made two or three <laughs> yeah, yeah. record company. And then, you know, 
whatever small things on the side. So sure. uh, it, that for me was a real treat to, to, to get to learn and just be a student. And, and uh, so not to get too far ahead, I know that you have that you're still, the, the new record is very fresh, but mm-hmm. have you started working on new material? Cause I know, I mean, this stuff is now you, you, you the demos were done in May of 2020, right? The album was finished um, last year, uh-huh. um, but because of kind of COVID and just timing things out, we wanted to be able to be out. Of, we're a band that needs to play live, right? And uh, yeah, for sure. So we sort of were had this record that we were sitting on, and that's why like we did the whole covers project and everything. But as far as new new material, um, there's nothing that develops uh, yeah. yet. Well, I just, I guess I wonder, cause you mentioned how you guys record a new song when you get it. And I wondered if you haven't taken in, taken any of that new sort of production, uh, information to, to any new record company songs that aren't covers. Um, but, but, uh, I did want to ask too about those covers that you've mentioned now a couple of times. Uh, how do you guys decide which song is going to get covered? And, and I, I gotta say, I like the fact that you guys do play covers and aren't afraid to sort of give them your own stamp as well. I, I think that's a really cool approach that you guys do. But again, like, how do you guys, is it a democratic process? There's the, how, how democratic is it amongst you three? Well, um, it, it's funny. So this, the, the, the side project, we called it, we actually made yeah. a whole record's worth of stuff, but we only put out four songs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more of it. Um, but really it was as, as simple as, um, and when you ask about new stuff, we actually were pretty isolated because it was COVID. So we, we yeah. weren't seeing each other. I mean, when, when we did the Sardi record, it was all masked up and everything. Yeah. So I just said to Chris, um, cause he had just, I lent, I lent him this like focus, right? Like recording interface. Um, and he had a microphone. And so he was learning to record stuff at his house. And I just said like, sing anything you want, you know, and just okay. give me a file, uh, you know, if there's an acoustic on there, that's cool, whatever. Um, and I'm going to totally screw with it and like change the tempo, ch- just totally fuck with it. And uh, so it was really him sending songs in. And and if I felt I could do something with one, you know, like he turned in the um, I Want to Get High by Cypress Hill. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the funk elastic, the blunt, I twisted the slam of fat like all right if we're gonna go there because the vocal was really good it was really strong and i was like i i gotta i gotta come up with something really strong here um and try and you know marry these elements together so you know that was uh it was pretty 
pretty democratic and free, free flowing, just like if you like, and then there were songs he was doing that I, that sounded great, but I just personally like, couldn't, you know, find something uh-huh. really new and unique to do to it. So they just kind of maybe didn't go the full distance, but we did about 10 songs total. So um, so fairly no. democratic, really. I mean, it, it, when it comes down to it, yeah. nothing, no, nobody says, I hey, we're playing this song. <laughs> yeah, right? not, uh, not so much. <laughs> well, I, I won't keep you any longer. I really appreciate your time today, man. Um, uh, good luck out there on the road. Stay safe. I know you guys have been out there for a while and are, are still going to be uh, out there for a few more weeks. You're, I'm in Minneapolis. You're coming here on November 10th. So uh, hopefully I'll get to oh. check you guys out when you get to town. Come, come, come see us, Andy. Yeah, definitely. I right. will. I will. Well, um, but like I said, man, safe travels. And again, thanks for talking to me. Your new record, the new rec- the record company album, Play Loud, is out now. If you're listening to this, please check it out. It's a great album. You guys take care. Thank thanks, you, Alex. Andy. Thank you, Jam Bass. Longtime fan. Been following Jam Bass as long as I've been on the internet. So Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Well, right. we, we, we're, 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 again, thanks. Take care. All right. See ya. All right. Bye. bye. That's all for this episode of the Jam Bass Podcast. Thanks to you out there for listening. Tell your friends if you like what you hear. Thanks also to Chris and Alex for taking the time to chat with me. If you haven't yet, check out the new The Record Company album, Play Loud, wherever you find good music. Thanks as always to Jake Alexander for his help producing the episode. We'll be back next week. So in the meantime, stay safe out there. Go see live music.